Are you ready to become toxic person proof? Hey guys, Sarah K. Ramsey here to help you find love and success after a toxic relationship so you can design a life you're actually excited about living. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah. And I know how many of you I've talked to and you're like, oh, we just need good guys out there. We just need positive male role models and, and positive masculinity. And we have Mac Scotty McGregor, and he's the author of Positive Masculinity Now. And we're going to talk about how we can make the world a little better today. Hey, Mac, how are you? I'm good, Sarah. Glad to be here. <laughs> I love it. Okay. I know you and I, we're just like already giggling. Like those of you yes. listening to the podcast, I mean, Mac and I are already giddy because we're like, we have this in common and this in common and this in common. Uh, So I'm happy about this conversation. Um, You've talked about traditional Mm -hmm. culture and toxic culture within within, uh, men. Do you want to describe some of the differences in those? Sure. You know, I think you can have traditional ideals and beliefs. um, And I think anything, actually anything can become toxic, though, if I try to force that on other people. So if I have a traditional thought or belief for my own life and keep it to myself and I live my life that way, that's, that's fine. It doesn't really, you know, infringe on anyone else's like rights. Right. But the minute I try to police other people and it can become bullying and it can actually get violent, um, you know, uh, trying to force that on other people that they have to live according to my values and beliefs. I, I, from my background, I have just a really hard time with like saying, well, the truth is yeah. right. And I'm so like, oh, cause it can be such like a wounded dagger. Like, well, the truth is women shouldn't work. The truth is you should obey your husband. The truth is, you know, whatever it is. And, um, I don't know if that's one of your trigger words, but it's certainly <laughs> Definitely. growing up in the church. I try to teach the guys, you know, I've been running this men's discussion group um, for four years now. And one of the things I tried to teach is you can say my truth. Mm. My truth is, right? But to say the truth is, I mean, truth is very subjective, right? <laughs> and so, yeah, that's, that's, you can't say that for someone else. Well, I didn't prep <laughs> you for this question, but I am curious from running these men's groups and whatnot, What do you know about men that you think most women don't know or you or most men wish women knew? Wow. There's several things. (laughs) One, I think that men want a safe space to be able to open up. You know, a lot of people say, you know, men aren't emotionally available to me. Right. Especially when men get in relationships with women specifically you know, but men have been taught their whole life from the time they're little, you know, a little five-year-old cries. And, and if he's a boy, he's told he shouldn't do that. Right. Um, so, and then he, he gets more and more as he gets older, that he gets policed around showing feelings like that, any tenderness, you know, uh, so you learn to shove all that down. So you have to peel back the layers of that. And, you know, many men are leery of where a safe space is. And one of the things I've learned creating this group and giving men a safe container um, to talk is they really do want to open up and talk about things in a supportive atmosphere. 
but they don't want to be smacked down every time they have a feeling. You know, they want to be able to talk through it and work through it in a place where where they're supported. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was some Brene Brown book. I can't remember which one. And I usually have a pretty good memory about this stuff. But she said something along the lines of we need to take be able to take men off the, the horse of Prince Charming. Right. They have to be the warriors and have all the answers and the you know, and if we re- truly want mutual healthy relationships, we have to give men permission to get off that pedestal. That's right. Oh gosh, that's true. I called it, I call it holding up the man mask. And I have uh-huh. an entire chapter in my book about holding up the man mask and the different man masks that we're taught to hold up. Self-sufficient. That's one of the man masks. I'm independent and self-sufficient, right? I don't need anybody's help. And it's actually in male culture taught that it's shameful to ask for help, mm-hmm. right? It shows weakness if I have to ask for help. This is why men become so competitive instead of collaborative, which is one of the things I teach is how much stronger we are if we're collaborative and we work together. None of us can be, you know, none of us can have it all together, have all the answers and and be self-sufficient all the time. That's a ridiculous, you know, line to put, you know, and and thing to uphold, right? Um, That's really interesting because when women don't ask for help, it's, I think for the most part, it's that care, like we're supposed to be the caretakers, like we're supposed to be the givers. So we can't ask for help. I don't, I mean, sometimes people think about it as a sign of weakness, but usually it's just like, well, I'm not doing my duty as caregiver, right? right? So how do you men see it? Uh, How do men see asking for help? Or yeah. Or the blocks to asking for help. Yeah. the blocks. Yeah, I think men, and it's more, it's actually more the policing from other men thinking it's weakness. It's not as much, you know, policing from women unless they had a mom uh, that, you know, perpetuated that messaging, which is a lot of women do because they were socialized the same way around the gender roles. Right. I mean, I, I tell a story, you know, about my stepson who was 13 years old and, and, going, he's getting prepped for braces and he had to get a tooth pulled. He's a tall kid. And so his mom was working. I took him to the dental appointment. We go in there and he's nervous about this, of course, like any of us would be, right? And he gets in the pediatric dental chair and he's lanky. So he's hanging over the chair, you know, and the dental assistant, who's a middle-aged woman, looked at him and said, you're a big boy. You need to toughen up. She was just I didn't hold this against her. She was just, you know, repeating the same messaging she had been taught. Right. But I stood up and said, excuse me, ma'am, his mom and I don't raise him that way. We actually raise him in a way where he can express his fears and his feelings. And you, I mean, you should have seen, you know, it was like her eyes got as big as apples because she had never heard such a crazy thing, you know? So she, but she did apologize and hopefully it really made her think about this afterwards, you know? So before I did this work, I ran a positive behavior initiative for teens and ran mental health campaign for teens. And so I remember being in this room with there was it was something they called it in school suspension. So basically, if a kid got in trouble, they had to go to this class. And I was like, man, what an opportunity to teach them life skills and growth and, you know, anger management or whatever, you know, reflection, whatever it needed to be. And so I remember it's just one boy in there that day and I was talking to the leader in charge of it. 
And I said, you know, it feels like guys are only allowed to have two emotions, happy and angry. And that teenage boy who I didn't even think was listening to me Mm. perked up and he said, yes, that is true. And how sad. It's very sad. Yeah. And boys learn this very young. Um, You know, basically you're shutting a part of yourself off. You know, we were created as emotional beings. I mean, you love Brene Brown. I do too. I read everything she writes, you know, and she talks about if you think your intellect is running the show, we are emotional beings first, right? But men are taught as boys to shut, try to try and shut that part of them off. And this is why the highest suicide rate is among middle-aged men. Uh, and, And one of the reasons I believe is because of this, you can only stuff that stuff down so long right? And then you get to middle age and you think, well, I've held this man mask up all these years and look, I feel empty. I don't have any, you know, strong friendships because I'm taught not to even open up and talk to my friends, right? (laughs) I don't, you know, I don't have a healthy intimate relationship because I've shut a whole part of me off and they feel empty. And I think, you know, it's really at a point where men need help with this. They really need help. Um, and that's what I'm trying to do with this book and this messaging. And, you know, it's, it's time we, we put some of that old stuff. We've got, we've got more knowledge now, right? We have ways to get this, this information out there and help people. And I think people are ready for a new form of masculinity. I love that point. I talk about narcissism quite a bit on this podcast and the concept or the way we use narcissism as a personality disorder versus, you know, like a Greek god or whatever, narcissist or whatever it, it was, you know, um, looking at the pool of their reflection uh, and they're looking at their reflection in the pool. Um, that was, you know, a hundred years ago or 150 years ago. That was, that was what the term meant. And, you know, now it's a, a diagnosis and there's a lot more information about it. But one time I looked up the Google search words and it was like, how many times narcissist was used in print? And it was like a hundred years ago, it was like three times a year. And then it was like, 3,000 million times a year, right? And I'm not saying everyone's a narcissist, but the chart was interesting. And I say the same thing about positive masculinity and changing some of these pressures that we put on society. This is a new conversation. Yes, it is. Yeah. And it's time. It's time. The reason I started this group and this nonprofit, Positive Masculinity, is um, when the Me Too movement happened. I was watching this, right? And I, you know, very supportive of the Me Too movement. Um, Very, very supportive. The patriarchy and and toxic masculinity has done so much harm. Um, But men were not being a part of this conversation. That's what I noticed. Now, I do think some men were afraid to say anything, right? Because finally women were speaking up, you know, and especially men that had perpetuated some of those toxic behaviors were afraid to say anything. And, you know, that's good. But men were not talking about the fact that this idea of toxic masculinity, these belief systems and the patriarchy have also hurt us. And we need to be a part of creating something healthier for all of us moving forward. And that's what motivated me to start this group and to write. I, the book. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, where can people find out? I'll have another question for you at the end, but where can people find out more about you and, and your work and how to get this book and how to get this stuff and maybe yeah. be a part of Positivemasculinitynow.org uh, is our website. And we uh, we recently also launched blogs and we are we love to have different people contribute and be a blog writer for us of any gender. We have also quite a few women actually that have started writing blogs for us. Some really interesting things like about their relationship with their father growing up and how that affected them. And <laughs> we'd love for you to write a blog for us. You know, but because because masculinity has affected everyone, right? It's affected everyone. So we all have things to offer around in this conversation. Uh, and I have a lot of single moms. I have single moms and female therapists that have actually asked to come and visit our group because like the therapists, um, they, they have male patients and they want to learn how to help them. So they've asked if they could sit in sometimes and our group has welcomed them. I have single moms raising boys that have asked to come and we just love that. We embrace them. And sometimes they come and bring their baby, you know, oh, how sweet yeah. is that, you know, but they want to help raise this boy in a healthy way, you know? So there's something in this book. What I'm saying is really for everybody, even though the word masculinity is in the title, it's not just for masculine people. In fact, actually a lot of the guys in our group and people that have follow our work are led there by women in their lives. <laughs> Are you loving the Toxic Person Proof podcast? Please subscribe and leave a review. After a toxic relationship, it is hard to know who to trust. So if you have found great information on the Toxic Person Proof podcast, let others know that this is a trustworthy place to find the answers they've been looking for. Leave a five-star review and be sure and share. And don't forget to hit subscribe. Isn't that usually how it goes, you know, in, in the writing world? It's it's usually women who are reading the books first. I mean, it just kind right. of is. <laughs> yeah, or they know that the, the, the men they care about in their life are struggling with some of these issues and they say, I think this would be good to help you, you know. Mm -hmm, yeah. Absolutely. Um, and I know I wanted to talk about, you know, I think there's a lot of my people who have been really defeated by men. Um, <laughs> And it's been really hurtful. And I'm always happy to promote the idea that there really are good guys out there. And I believe it. I have found one. I have found friends that I just enjoy and feel respected by and, you know, just enjoy their company and think they're nice to their wives and think they're nice to their daughters and sons and yeah. significant others, you know. And uh, what would you add to that? The idea that there are good guys out there. There, you know, there are, but, but unfortunately, what we hear on the news, right, when we turn on the news is, is men doing violent things, uh, you know, and it's hard, it's hard not to, we're infiltrated with that over and over. And, you know, there are good people out there, men and women, you know, doing amazing things in the world that really care, and that are growth minded, you know, that are reflective and constantly looking at ourselves like that's, you know, I'm one of those people that is like, I love to learn and love to grow. And one of the things I promote in our group is trying to, trying to get other, other masculine people, other men to embrace that. You're not done just because you're out of school. My goodness, right? There's so much information out there now, right? 
it's so exciting and everyone has a story. It's just about being curious and interested. You know, and I also encourage men to listen to women and listen to how they've been hurt. You know, even if they weren't the one that hurt them, it's important for us to understand this, right? And men to speak up and speak out. And I think, you know, men have policed men around masculinity for a long time, but it's time that we start doing a different type of policing. You know, I have six nieces and two granddaughters and I have, I have like six sisters from other misters that are like my chosen sisters that I just love and adore and many, many friends, right. And an amazing wife who's getting her PhD right now. Uh, and so I, I have so many women in my life that I love, right. So I, I think it's important for me to speak up when other men say derogatory things about women. I mean, think about that. Think about the women you love when somebody says something like that. Why would you just stand by idly and allow that? You know, I don't. And I tell men, and I, and I do give men, sometimes in our group, we talk about ways to speak up. You know, because not every guy's like, I'm a martial arts champion. That's my background, martial arts fighting champion. Not every guy has that background, so they may not be, you know, wanting to cause a big confrontation, right, that, that could end up with men sometimes gets physical right? But there are ways to do it. And one of the ways I encourage people to do it at first is to talk to the guy off to the side at first. Don't, you know, in front of everybody that can be really confrontational and guy will get more aggravated, right? And could get physical and more confronted, you know, but take him aside, invite him out for coffee and just say, you know, when you said that the other day, uh, I, I think that's really awful because I have a lot of women in my life that I care about. And I don't think we should talk about women that way. Try that approach first, you know, and then we talk about ways if that doesn't work. But I think men need to speak up because guys care what the other guys think, you know, and so we have to, it's time for us to stand up. And I'm going to talk to the women out here. Yes. A little bit. Okay. Cause you can, you can fuss at the guys. I can fuss at the girls. There was a story. Uh, it was baseball season and my son's baseball team um, would have a mother's day tournament. And I remember thinking how disrespectful to have a baseball tournament on mother's day weekend, but whatever, you know, I just, I just went with it. And then he actually won the mother's day championship. Okay. So it was 11 PM the night before mother's day. I was still at the ball field and I was going to be making food for my family the next day. For my mom was coming over, you know, it's going to be this, it's a lot of work, right? And, you know, I'd been at the ball field literally all day. It was going to be a lot of work the next day. And I was talking to one of the other mothers and she, I said, do you not think it's kind of weird that like, this is like the one weekend that's supposed to be about moms and they made it about the baseball team. And she said, well, my life, you know, I don't have to have anything about me. I, you know, I'm happy to be here. I am, you know, he is my life. And so I'm happy for it to be about him and doesn't have to be about me. And I remember thinking, I hope my daughter does not marry anybody that was raised like you are raising your son because yeah. you are raising him to be selfish. That's right. And I know a lot of women in that caretaker are thinking maybe you know, we're talking, we've talked about the older generation as we look at the younger generation and say, 
if you are absolutely, if you are your child's servant or personal assistant, what are the chances of them finding a future mate or partner that is also going to fulfill that role for them? That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're right. You're hitting it on the head for sure. And I've seen this. Believe me, I ran a dojo for many years and I've seen you know lots of different ways of parenting uh, in there. And a lot of parents that would bring me their kids want to drop them off at the dojo and have me fix their disciplinary problems, you know, at the karate school. Right. Uh, and I would say in order for me to do that, you're going to have to sign up for class as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And. My son does attend private school, but I've, I've seen it with private schools too, or like especially like Christian private schools. It's like, here, let me send them to the Christian private school so I, I can just pay for them to be raised. <laughs> Not everybody. I mean, my son's in private school, you know. But uh, the, but I do want to say that to say, you know, just let's let's all be conscious. Let's be conscious about what's happening in the past, and let's be conscious about not being so selfless. Right. That we help the people in our life grow up to be selfish. That's right. Yeah. And boy, I feel so sad for that mom you were talking about, actually, because she hasn't been taught to value herself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think there's a lot of people out there that have that. They have been taught, you know, there's a lot of men too. You know, my job is to take care of my family to the fact that they don't do anything, you know, for their own growth. And they're, you know, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ah, this has been so great, Mac. Okay. So tell people again about your book and where they can find out more about you. Yes. The book is Positive Masculinity Now, and it is on Amazon and Kindle and in print. And uh, in the fall, I'm also going to be recording an audio version for those that uh, that's the better way for them to take it in. Um, and, and then PositiveMasculinityNow.org is our website, and we have a free monthly virtual discussion group. Anyone can join. I teach workshops. My wife and I teach a workshop on how to be a masculine feminist. We actually believe that there are a lot of men in the world that want to be supportive of women, but they're not sure how or where to start or what to do, and we lay out a roadmap for them, basically. You know, how to do Yeah. Well, and you'll have to reach back out to me when you're doing your audiobook. I can be your support system because awesome. it is brutal. I've heard from other friends who've done it too. Yeah, it we- is brutal. I just finished mine for the second book and it is I was like, I'm in the dark place. And I, I I'm not in the dark place that often anymore, but it's just like I'm in the dark place. I don't yeah. know what it is. It's just it's <laughs> really hard so you you'll have to bring all your positive masculinity (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i hear it's hard to keep your energy up when you're reading the whole book yeah yeah (laughs) everything about it is hard and miserable and i always have some like major like health crisis in the middle of it because i think my body's like trying to shut down and say can you do anything else other than this like (laughs) it's great but it's great you know, one of the things, one of the things that we as men, I would just want to say this, uh, I think this is an important little thing to talk about, can learn from women, is that women actually are much better at having real friendships than men are. Men, generally with their friends, they only talk about work and sports, right? So they never actually 
very few men ever talk about how they're feeling or what's going on inside of them, even if they're in the middle of a crisis, even a guy who's going through a divorce or just had a parent pass away. Or I've had guys that tell me I've had a best friend since elementary school and his spouse just passed away and I have no idea how to help him or comfort him because they're so awkward at just being there for their friend. They don't know how to do it. You know, they just don't have those skills, right? So one of the things I teach is about how to have masculine friendships. It's so important. And that's something women model, a lot of women model really well. I think I do that really well. I have lots of, lots of healthy friendships. And uh, that is, I'll talk to my husband. I'm like, what did, you know, he's a friend. He's, he's, uh, uh, like a higher IQ on this than, than yeah. some, you know, I don't know how to say it, but he's pretty good about this. I don't, I don't mean intelligent to IQ, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. He, you know, he's more emotionally intelligent. We and I've, he and I have been together for years. He's been hearing all these things from me and reading Brene Brown and some other things. And uh, he said he had a friend who had cancer. And I said, well, when they went golfing and I said, oh, or one time it was a friend of cancer and another friend had like got engaged. I was like, well, what did they say about that? He's like, we didn't talk about it. I was like, you didn't talk about it. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Right. <laughs> it's crazy. It is crazy. They've been friends for years. And so I, I understand your point. You guys check out positive masculinity now and check out Max Scotty McGregor. And thank you so much for helping us become toxic person proof. Thank you, Sarah. It's been great to talk to you. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah, and I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I know that there was something that you can take away to help you get past the past, get real about the present, or get serious about your future. And if I did my job, then hopefully it will help you with all three. If you are not in my Facebook group, finding love and success after a toxic relationship, then consider this your personal invitation from me. I'm there live. There's tons of support and most importantly, tons more information to help you on your journey to become toxic person proof.